Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this podcast, another Cork success story that you've never heard about. And we hear from an auctioneer who's operating in one of the most picturesque parts of the county. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. My next guest is responsible for a company that has bits and bobs all over the world and I'm going to get him to explain what those bits and bobs are in just a minute and it's an interesting journey for a Meath man who came to Cork via the United States Noel Lynch Managing Director of Edpac International you're very welcome to Red Business Thank you very much indeed and it's lovely to be here Jonathan Noel tell me what Edpac International does Edpac International is is a manufacturer of computer room air conditioning equipment and has been for uh, close on 40 years and uh, so we we manufacture and, and uh, distribute products for telecoms, data centres, pretty much worldwide. Uh, our biggest markets would be here in Ireland, uh, the UK, Middle East, believe it or not. And we even have uh, installations as far as uh, Bolivia and South America. So you, you've little Edpac stickers uh, on buildings right across the globe, do you? We do indeed, yeah. OK. Yeah, and does do that give indeed. you a kick knowing that your little brand is in places like the Al Wakra Stadium in Qatar and uh, Doha Airport and so on? It does, certainly. I mean, uh, we always say we're the best kept secret here in Ireland. And we... we um, we're always proud of the fact that our our label could be stuck on the top of a building, as you said, like Al Wakra. Uh, so it's it's uh, certainly it's um, our our product travels well. Uh, we it's even in in uh, some of the jungles, as you said, in in uh, Bolivia. Some uh, so it's uh, yeah, it it travels well, and uh, we deal with a lot of the very larger. Um, uh, players, if you like, in the in the data centre world. Mm. Now, again, it's around for 40 years. Computers have always needed to be cooled. Anyone who has a, a computer at home knows that there's a cool, very small cooling fan at the back of it because if it overheats, the computer dies. But when you maximise that out to the scale of data centres, I mean, you're talking a lot of air cooling, aren't you? Well, you most certainly are. And... Uh, you know, it's funny. The history, I suppose, started in the in the late sixties with people like Gene Amdahl developing the original IBMs, and then the business uh, grew, and uh, you you had the mainframe computers. Then in the early eighties, you saw the server market coming along, and now you see these huge server farms that are uh, dotted around Dublin, in particular now, as uh, as we're now the number one in Europe. So yes, the 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 loads for these things are into the megawatts, and uh, so we have to move a lot of air. Uh, and we need to cool a lot of air uh, to keep these things in control. Do, do you have to have those big server farms in countries like Ireland because we have a relatively temperate climate, i.e. it doesn't get too hot outside? We have a huge advantage here in Ireland. Uh, our 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 temperature range is is very small. Uh, it's, uh, it's easy to manage the temperature range that you want to control most big data centres now is really at the outdoor range that we would ha- that we would experience in summertime. So for us in winter then we get a lot of free cooling and in summer then we can benefit from free cooling by using things such as adiabatic cooling or assisted mechanical cooling. So we have a lot of advantages here. So the northern part of the hemisphere, be it Ireland or the UK or even into Scandinavia now, uh, you see a lot of the larger uh, operators starting to move into those territories. It's a fascinating area because the the demand is increasing almost exponentially for this type of technology. Yet you have the or the owners of these plants saying, "We don't want to use as much electricity. We don't want to be 
I suppose, ungreen in, in how we, we power this. So I'm pretty pretty much, all of that filters back to you, I'm guessing, in, well, in having green, clean technology uh, that keeps everything cool. Yeah, the pressure is driven around, I suppose, the number of watts that you have per watt of computing power. And that's, uh, and that's driven around a measurement called a PUE. So all of these guys have been operating, uh, say, traditionally the PUE of two, but now we're knocking on door of territories of 1.1, 1.15. So, yes, everybody wants to take the green initiative to re- reduce the energy consumed per watt of computing power. Mm. And as you said earlier, the, the, the growth in the market is just phenomenal right now. I mean, we're seeing, you know, 20 plus percent compound annual growth rates in the business. And in fact, Ireland and Dublin and, and indeed Cork uh, will now become the largest uh, focus or uh, um, sites for the for the location of data centers in Europe. They're now ahead of Amsterdam and Frankfurt and London uh, and many sites in Denmark and so on. So, is is that a niche now? Again, obviously, uh, you're an Irishman, so everything wanted to come back home anyway. But is that an niche you expected Ireland to carve for itself when you started out in this journey forty years ago? Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. No, certainly it's. Um, you know, it's like the accidental tourist. Uh, one, one, uh, one wanders into these things, and you know, you learn every day. And uh, y- you know, it, it's it's important to recognise that you don't know the answers f- to all of these things. And you know, we we see uh, different opportunities. We see other people doing di- things differently. We apply them again. You try to find out what are the opportunities to give you, your customer the best option that they can for their site mm. so yes yeah, certainly it's 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 evolving all the time there are, you, you know whilst the fundamentals are staying the same the applications of the technology are changing all the time look you manufacture as well i think you, you bought the business in may of 1999 there was 12 people working for the company back then in in 2019 20 years later what 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 shape are you in we're probably knocking on the door now, I suppose, of 100 people. Uh, we, we, we've just um, just completed a, an extension of our Carrigaline facility, taking us up now to 80,000 square feet total between Carrigaline and Newmarket. Um, we we design and manufacture uh, our, our products are, you know, shipped all over the world. We, we, we hope to ship uh, to some very large sites in, in Denmark and Sweden and the UK. Uh, we also do a lot of product for the cinemas and so on in, in, in the UK. In spite of Brexit, we still seem to be getting through this. Um, so, yeah, the company is, is continuing to grow. We, we, we see the next two, three, four years uh, with growth is certainly in line with, with the growth that we expect to see in the data centre market. So, so certainly we'd like to see another 50 uh, people uh, on in our workforce in two years from now. Look, it's, it's not a bad standing start for a Meath man coming to Cork. Why did you settle on Cork in the end, by the way? Um, again, I suppose we. I I worked for a company called uh, Trilogy that was run that was one of the biggest startups in its time uh, with with a chap called Gene Amdahl. I don't know if you've heard of Gene, but Gene would have been seen as the the uh, I suppose a huge entrepreneur in his day back in the early eighties. But in any event, uh, the company at the time didn't make it through this its 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 first uh, forage into the large computer market, and uh, I ended up building a relationship with a company called Liebert at the time, 
and uh, they asked me to come back to Cork uh, as chief engineer. Uh, so I was a young whippersnapper back in the back in the mid eighties and uh, came back to Cork and and learned a lot here in Model Farm Road. So just around the corner from us here. So look, we wish you every success. A hundred people and your products being shipped all over the world with a little Ed Pack sticker on it, making sure everybody knows that it came from Cork. Noel Lynch, Managing Director of Edpac International. A fascinating story and we wish you and all your team continued success. Jonathan, Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much indeed, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. My next guest on Red Business is somebody who has been immersed in the property game for most of her career. Uh, she's worked in Dublin, she's worked in the United States, she's even worked in Cyprus, but now she plies her trade in Middleton. Adriana Hagerty, uh, you're very welcome and thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Now, you had one heck of a journey. So you, you, you're from Monaghan. Yes. Okay, yes. Uh, uh, but the bright lights of Monaghan weren't bright enough for no. you. So you moved to Dublin initially, did you? I did, yes. And with the the same company, which was really good because I started working with Finton Gunn in Monaghan and then luckily enough he opened in Ballsbridge. So I asked then to be transferred to Ballsbridge. Okay, but that wasn't your next uh, stop to Cork. You you went abroad for a couple of years and you really started, you, you got your, you cut your teeth in Dublin but you learnt your trade in the United States, the toughest of all oh, yes, estate yes, agents markets. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't like the, their setup here. You know, it's great where we're working for one house or we're selling one house. Whereas in the United States or in LA, um, every agent has the house. So you're you're courting the buyer more or less. So you're you're getting to know all the buyers and trying to find them something. So it's really getting to know the buyer. So in other words, it's not one agent, one house. You can no. everybody is working to sell the one house. Yes. It? Yes. It's a very confusing system. Oh and, it is. And, and it pretty is. cutthroat, isn't yes. it? Yes. Absolutely, yes. What was yeah. it like? Uh, what was it like working in that kind of environment? Well, I wasn't. I was very relaxed because it, I was only spending a year in LA, and I worked with an Irish lady, and um, I I was quite relaxed, really. It, if it was my own business, or I, I would have been a bit more um, worried about it. But no, not not uh, so much. I just took it in my stride and enjoyed it, really. So, did you enjoy the United States as a result of that? I liked LA, but a year was enough. And then we moved to Chicago and I probably preferred Chicago. Okay. Similar People system? were real. I didn't work in property you in didn't Chicago. Work in property. Yeah. Okay. You felt it was a little less little yeah. less plastic. Yes. Uh, you eventually made your way back to Cork uh, and you decided, uh, well, now about time for me to do something constructive with myself. How did you set up your company? So I started from home because I, I, I was beginning to meet an awful lot of people that were looking for an estate agent and I, I was helping people for free, really. And oh, giving that's them always a bad idea. Yeah. This is a business podcast. That's a very yes. bad idea. And uh, so I giving, giving lots of advice. So then in the end up, I said, well, look, at, I might as well apply for my auctioneer's license and have it and work from home. So I started working from home and then the business just grew from home. Okay. And so, then I decided I needed an office so I opened in Middleton. So this is almost an accidental journey that you've been on then here in Ireland, is it? Yeah, I'd say it was always in me to do it. Uh, you know, property was sort of in me, in my blood. I couldn't stay away from it. So when did you set up Hegarty Properties with the office and set up on Main Street in Middleton? Uh, 2006. Okay. Now that was not the best time to set up, <laughs> I, I would know. imagine. There was a lot went wrong immediately after Yes. That. Now yes. it's not your fault, I'm not blaming no, you. No. But I did had it make a f- for a difficult few years trading? Yes. 
Yes, I had a few very good years and I built the name, which was great. So, I, you know, I got I got the Hegarty property name built in the in the better times. And then when the recession came in, it was just appalling, absolutely appalling. But I I decided to stick with it and didn't take any pay for three years, made sure to pay staff and pay the rent and worked my way through it. It was just and I'm glad I did. Because now we're at the other end and back at it and flying again. You know, I mean, it must be very difficult if you if you weren't taking pay for three years. That's, yeah, that's it was, heavy going. It was. It was very stressful. Yeah. And but then mm. you came out the far side of it. Have auctioneers recovered their reputation? Because they got a lot of criticism for what went wrong, even though you know they yes, were only part yeah. of the machine. I know. Do you think that that the industry is in in more robust shape now post crash? Yes, we are. And we have a lot more uh, professionalism and we have to have our PSRA licences and, you know, with taking bids, you know, you must get them in writing. So we are a much, much more professional business than we were. You know, we have a lot of um, uh, CPDs and different things where we have to keep ourselves up to date with law and uh, uh, The market is nuts. Um, I don't know how it's, it is in East Cork, but I know in the city it's crazy altogether. Yeah. There's just not enough properties. Do you have that problem? Oh, definitely. We had, we put a house up about a week ago and we put it on the market at 2.40 in Middleton, just a lovely little bungalow walking distance of the town, nicely renovated. And we had at least 40 viewings. 40 so, people at yeah, one house. Started the bidding at 240 and ended at 285. So how do we fix that? I mean, th- th- there's no shortage of land around where you are. Um, yeah. Whether you build the right type of property or whether you focus more on, on towns and, and putting apartments in. What, what would be the one thing that you would do based on your experience to try and alleviate this problem? Yeah, well, I suppose rezone some of the land. Uh, rezoning to, uh, to residential for development. And the other thing is that they're not building enough bungalows for people that are living out the country and the family have fled the nest and they're in these big houses, they can't maintain the lawn and they want to move on and they're trying to get into a town like Middleton and there's no bungalow. You know houses like that available. Just so you're not talking small. about building random bungalows in the middle of the countryside, put them no. in the town yes, setting. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, yes. So, how long will it be? Do you think, Adriana, before we get this right again? Before you know, you come to the point at which you're not having forty people looking at a house. You've only got three or four who fall in love with it, and one of them gets it. You see, maybe there's a little bit too of we're underpricing a bit. You know, we are putting properties on at a lower price to get the footfall. Well, not only that, but you can't get people to get mortgages for, for yeah. even modest amounts. But we would check everybody that comes to that viewing. They're all, every client has been checked by us. They've all have mortgage approval. We won't go outside the door unless we know their criteria, that they're ready to go. Mm. It must be very frustrating to see all of that available market and have so few properties to give But then to you could have another property and there might be nobody for it. You know, it's not always that you have a queue of people for everyone. Do you know, they always say about chefs, the poor old chefs, it's it's, it's a real busman's holiday going to other restaurants because they're so used to dealing with food. Do you ever walk into a house and go, God, this is a really nice house? Or do you see them all as the same at this point? No, I I particularly like cottages for some reason. You know, a, a bit of character out the country and people have done some wow extensions and work to houses 
No, not every house is the same. No. And sometimes the bigger sort of big, I would call them Celtic tiger houses, they have no personality. And I'm going into those and I'm thinking, oh, God, this big, massive kitchen, dining. So they don't work for me as much. Yeah. Well, you could play hurling in the Manise Corner, yeah. which is a very strong, uh, <laughs> strong tradition. Uh, you've got some amazing places down yes. there. And you've yeah. got Ballycotton, yeah. uh, Ballycronine, all around there where there's so, so beautiful views. Do you ever yes. tire of having to go out and view all those properties? No, never, <laughs> never, no. And you'd never swatch, you'd never swap Middleton for LA? No, absolutely not. I, I, I don't, didn't, took me a while to realise how good Middleton is as a place to live. You know, it, it, the fact that we're so close to Cork, airport is close, we have the beaches, restaurants, everything. And then the Greenway from Middleton to Yall is, they're starting work on that in September. So that will be another great advantage. Well, you do a great sales pitch for Middleton and for East Cork and we wish you and all of your clients, be they selling or buying, the very best of luck. Adriana Hegarty, how do people find you? Is there a website? Yes, HegartyProperties.ie. HegartyProperties.ie. Adriana, thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. My thanks to both of my guests. Don't forget that all episodes are up on RedExtra.ie along with the very best content from Cork's Red FM. Neil Hennessy produced, and I'll catch you on the next one. The only show in town for Cork business. Red Business.